You're listening to episode 18 of Wine and Cheese, a podcast about whiny records and cheesy movies. I'm Joey. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. And this week we're talking about Tupelo Recording Company and Communication Records, February 7th, 1994, Steve Albini produced album Jawbreaker's 24-Hour Revenge Therapy, and a combination of... Uh, <laughs> Endgame Entertainment Company, the Aura Film Partnership, McGuire Entertainment, Endgame Films, Fierce Entertainment, Ram Bergman Productions, Material Pressures, and Anchor Bay Films 2011 release, the Nick Cage classic Seeking Justice. How do you guys feel about all those titles? A lot of people involved in this production. I stopped listening. I yeah. feel vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to feel. Um, have you guys been listening to anything cool lately? Taylor, let's start with you. Let's go out of order. Let's make, thing, make things up. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, still doing a lot of cast of Ep. Um, you said that last episode. Yeah, still doing it. Yeah, but he's still I said, doing said it. still doing it. Listen to what I'm saying to you. <laughs> and I've just been rocking my Spotify Top 100 quite a bit. Cool. Oh, okay. What's yeah. great is um, my 2017 Top 100 are mostly in my 2018 because I just listened to that playlist and it's like self-fulfilling where it just keeps <laughs> re-upping every year. The one Tricky. next year is going to be the same songs. At least 50 of them. <laughs> Uh, also, for the listeners, we have new microphones and new cables and stuff, so you can you should thank us. Send us money. <laughs> Look, we just we're doing it for you. We're starting a pa- Ugh, I can't even say the word Don't. Patreon. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> uh, how about you, Joy? What's what's in your ears? Um, so I made a playlist of all the American Recordings records by Johnny Cash, like his like later ones. Cool. I think there was like what six of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all great. And I've been listening to some like Elvis Presley because I was listening to oh boy. XP, WXPN the other day and they did like a long Elvis thing. And I was like, dang, I I like haven't heard a lot of these like deeper cut tracks before. So I'm like kind of diving into some random stuff here and there. Hell yeah. He's still alive. Yeah, he is. He's out there. He's among us. Elvis and, walks among us. He was in Home Alone. He wasn't home alone. <laughs> Definitively, yes. And other than that, I just listened to a little bit of Sleater Kinney because they just announced they're doing a new record produced by St. Vincent. So. That's so cool. Yeah. That's Annie, awesome. And he's going to make great. him proud. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Um, That band Pity Sex, I listened to them. I, yeah. I listened oh, to them I a lot back them. in the day. Never really liked them. And I finally figured, I mean, out, um, I finally figured out that they've got some cool songs. They, yeah. They're like a, like a grittier breeders or like the amps or something like that yeah like they've got like the kind of like vibe. a modern day version or kind something of. yeah and uh, yeah I, i'm still pretty 50 50 on them but i found stuff that i do like of theirs um okay and then tyler i think you had told me about this band a while ago the hell hotelier yeah yeah they're pretty cool too yeah they're neat yeah. good revival band definitely yeah um other than that not a whole whole lot is new i've been listening to a lot of the same stuff cool yeah um you guys ready to, to jump in and talk Let's about jump right in jar breaker yeah. Well, cool. actually, okay. Let's not. Uh, when you called me the one time to ask me to come on the podcast, you asked about the four um, <laughs> phases of emo. I did, and I couldn't think of it at the time, but I thought about it and I figured it out. Okay. So, first wave focuses on conquest, second wave war, third famine, and fourth death. That's why, like, Rites of Spring had that obsession with like Genghis Khan and just imperialism. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But <laughs> American football clearly. Talking about war all the time, huge, huge thematic elements in there. What? Nothing. nothing. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And was one of them famine or something? Yeah. Which one's famine? Well, you had like Taking Back Sunday, constantly talking about famine in Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They're big. They're big. uh, 
yeah advocates of but i think like <laughs> newfound glory actually was for famine they were pro famine they, were they pro- would talk about a lot mm-hmm. this like, is baffling to me <laughs> yeah pretty intense and then you had uh snowing constantly talking about murder and killing people <laughs> sure sure i like it so that's just a little rundown of um and the major players of each one yeah you know i'd like to throw a little example <laughs> and clearly show you evidence of why each phase had those uh themes in them Cool. You well, come here for the facts. Yeah. And uh, by your, heard it here first. By your weird ass system, where would Jawbreaker fall in that? Um, I guess they'd be second wave. They would. Yeah. 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 So they're. They were all conquest, about conquest is one, right? Yeah, they all about war, war, famine, and what was the last one? Death, death. So they're conquest. Okay, no, yeah. they're they're war. So you can clearly tell, like, right. if you listen Sorry. to the band's God, lyrics, Mike. which which um wave of emo they're in because yes. you're going to find out if they're talking famine you know third wave huh well, boys not out was famine all the way all the way <laughs> i think we're breaking canon here but uh <laughs> uh so if i'm going off of is this band emo.com shout out to washed up emo uh jailbreaker is an emo band the amount of times someone has told me their emo has outnumbered the times i've told myself they weren't emo call goes out to the public Jawbreaker is also punk, and it's got a video from Washed Up Emo from, looks like 1995 at Cal yeah. State Fullerton. They play Jinx Removing, Savior Generation, Ashray Monument, Parabola, Shirt, Chesterfield. They play, play a lot of the good I got some qualms with some of the times that they say something's emo or not. Yeah. Okay. Because I looked up Toe, which is like a post-rock band. Said They said Toe is emo. They're even from Japan, so it's not even like traditional. Is and it the they, same Toe? Yeah, same Toe as last time. <laughs> Still into them a lot. But then they said um, explosions in the sky is not, which is post rock. But like, if you're gonna say toe is, you better say explosions hmm. in the sky is. Okay. It could, it could have to do with influence, or they could just be kind of like making up their own shit as they go. But it's I'll just, back them on the one. It's I don't, a tough I don't, line to toe. I'm on there right now. Just name a band. Uh, the movie life. We've done this. Okay. Well, let's do a different one then. Dude, this will destroy you. Movie life is an emo band. This will destroy you. Yeah. Let's I, see. Let's see how like how many post rock bands fall through the. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. An explosion in the sky is not emo. There's no way this will destroy his emo. This will destroy is not an emo band. I agree. Let's I don't do think like that either um, of them are. No. Well, they don't, I don't even sing. Think. So. This toad band doesn't even sound like they are either. No. Um, let's, um, what's another one? Um, let's do Envy, because that's like a weird in-between one. Okay. Envy is an emo band. I would agree. The fuck? Uh, I don't know. They feel like they're post-rocky, though. Right? All right, yeah. But, yeah. Mm, whatever. Can you check out uh, God as an Astronaut? They're like even like Electronica kind of post rock so there's no way this is going to be emo if it is uh-huh. god is an astronaut is not in our system we will check with the emo em, emu wow. emo council and get an answer for you tweet to expedite their bullshit <laughs> oh boy that was that was a nice little uh let's we'll do the buggies I'll see if the buggies. yeah that's going to be in the system yeah buggies not in our system i'm gonna tweet at them that you really should we haven't even recorded anything they, uh the buggies haven't even recorded anything your, yet. Just, your emo doesn't has been respectfully requested on the buggies Thank you. Oh, you sent it in. Great. It like auto fills it for you. They're gonna say, "Who the hell are the buggies?" It's gonna (laughs) be the. It's gonna go viral. It's gonna. It's gonna be great. He's gonna say, "I hate this guy." (laughs) Uh, Jawbreaker's been described by somebody. I forgot the source as the thinking man's Green Day. How you guys feel about that? I could see that they've got the Green Day. They sound like rancid, honestly, on some of the stuff. They straight up sound like. Really? They've got like a bay sound. They they Uh, really sound like rancid. They sound like a bay. I said like the singing is if um, Randy Newman was in like an old punk emo band. 
Are you out there? <laughs> Do you hear me? Um, this album, we're going to revisit a list that we once spoke of before. The 51 most essential pop punk albums. Or no, sorry. The 36 pop punk albums you need to hear before you fucking die. My Buzzfeed. Uh, yeah, it was number 18 on that one. Which other one did we do that was on that i can't i can't remember but probably I think brand it was, i think it was brand new oh uh, might have been i think it was um what's everybody's well play a song what song do um dealer's choice okay i'll put on uh i don't care just put play the first it. track okay, uh boat dreams from the hill yeah great opener it reminds me of like uh, Rickens and Memory from Kid Dynamite a little bit. Yeah, like I get this. that. It's cool. That like heavy Marshall Stack sound. Great opening track. Great opening. I feel like this band's been covered so much. There's like the the tribute album with like yeah Big Wig and uh, I've seen I've seen a handful of bands cover Boxcar and. Uh, do you still hate me before? Yeah, set your goals yeah. has that cover. I think Piebald covers Bad Scene Everybody's Fault or something, maybe. Oh, maybe. Which yeah. is pretty cool. I think Tyler I feel Wheat, like Kiss the Bottle's been covered a yeah. lot, too. Um, I feel like that band, uh, Beach Slang, really goes for like Jawbreaker mixed with the replacements. Yeah. And we saw them play, and they played like four replacement songs and two Jawbreaker songs. And I was like, yeah. okay, this yep, really makes long sense. Set. Do you yeah. remember Jawbreaker songs? Uh, they played, I'm pretty sure they played. They're notorious Box for covering car. a lot of songs, aren't they? They just do the replacements thing where they know half the song, play it, they're too drunk to finish it. Uh, well, it looks like they play Want and I they, play Chester, they play Chesterfield King, too. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I feel like Beach Slang co- was all over for a bit. They've also they? covered Boxcar as well. Um, Who the hell hasn't? <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, so they met at NYU and, and immediately moved to San, to like the Bay Area. Is that right? Are they from the Bay Area originally, all of them? They're from Chicago. Really? Dude, I don't know. My history's messed up already. So I thought they met at NYU and then moved to San Francisco. But they uh, did meet at NYU, relocated to LA when they with where they released their debut album, Unfun. Mm-hmm. Um There's movers. Yeah, and then they might have moved to Chicago. where am I getting Chicago well, from? Well they got back together at Riot Fest, which is why I assume they were a Chicago band, maybe. Because yeah. it wasn't like twenty seventeen they played Chicago or something like that. Well, or? It says uh Blake and Adam were childhood friends in Santa Monica. Okay. They both Which moved one? to New York City in what? <laughs> California, and uh, they both moved to New York City in '86 to attend NYU, and they started a band um, based on a flyer posted by somebody else by Chris, the other dude, Bauermeister. That's made um, up. Moved back to LA. They, the band was called Rise at first. Yoza. Which I think is not a good name. It's just a forgettable name. Yeah. Jawbreaker is a great name. Jawbreaker yeah. is an incredible name. And it's Great like, movie too. Great like logo. Yeah. Like the Morton Salt yeah. logo is yeah. pretty iconic. For I used sure. to have the shirt. Really? And then I like got bleach on it by accident or something. <laughs> I feel uh, like this album is around the era where they start getting kind of like lambasted because they toured with Nirvana and like Ween and Foo Fighters and stuff like that. And I feel like people... Uh, right after this, I guess they had like the major label thing, and they I feel did. like people kind of like threw them under the bus a whole they bunch. They got a million dollar deal from like D, what is it, DGC, D Boone Pickens, yeah, sure, <laughs> before uh, Dear You came out. But also, Blake had uh, he had like surgery on his vocal cords, oh, really, which actually is what made his vocals cleaner on Dear You, is because huh. he had like some sort of I don't know what it was, but he had something on his throat somewhere. And uh, he ended up getting it 
taken care of and he could sing better <laughs> I, I, I could have held it while you did that i need mike to help me up in soda i got you <laughs> sorry if i sound kind of nasally i'm getting over a case of tb from earlier this week <laughs> tuberculosis yes oh that's weird it's an epidemic <laughs> it is an epidemic um okay so here i've, I've actually have it noted um where they, i think they sound like rancid it's an indictment the second track kind of toward the end like oh that's a cool track too this sounds like a rancid part I get that. The bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. All right, cool. Good. So I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's everybody's um favorite Jawbreaker record or, or songs, I guess? I mean... In general. Yeah. I think Bad Scene, Everybody's Fault is my favorite. That's a good one. That song's incredible. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like a party song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm still a big, uh, do, you, do You Still Hate Me? Yeah. Like do You Still Hate Me is pretty classic. I feel like that's yeah. their most like recognizable one. Yeah. So I like I, I do really like Jawbreaker. I just never like got really hard into them. So I was yeah. like, just kind of knew about the hits. Yeah. I'll I mean, kinda... I, I think, I mean, dear, it's unpopular opinion, but I th- we talked about this a little bit earlier. Do you, dear You is pretty much perfect. Yeah. It's that great. was really good. I like Shirt is a good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet Black is a great song. There's a, I mean, but honestly, Boxcar is classic too. Box- On this record, I really like Ashtray Monument too. Yes, that song's sure. awesome. That was like one I kind of rediscovered this time around. I liked it before, but this time it really yeah. it stuck with me a little bit more. Looking at Dear You, Accident Prone is a great song. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to Twenty Four Hour Revenge Therapy, Boxcar, the intro sounds like a Nirvana riff almost. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I get why they were on tour with them, kind of. Well, didn't, didn't Kurt used to like rep Jawbreaker shirts and I, I, stuff? Yeah, same with Daniel Johnson. I and think that like, kind of like helped them blow up a little bit too. I think kind of anything Kurt Cobain wore or did became popular. Like, yeah, heroin. <laughs> yep. Yes. Big thing now. Suicide. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you guys said heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the one, two, three, four. Who's punk? What the score is like a very minimal part. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's it's a little cheesy, but it's fun. Is it whiny though? In its own way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Aren't we all? There we go. They uh, they only released a music video for this song a couple years ago, I think. Really? Uh, when they got back together. When they got back together. It's weird one. Interesting movie. Fancy that. Like American Football made the Never Meant video like three years ago. Yeah. Huh. I think that's, I might be I wrong. I think Piss Jeans did that. I don't know if I mentioned that, but Boring Girls, uh, they just made a video for it like last year or two years ago. And it's cool. <laughs> but I don't know why they did it. Interesting. Just get bored and you're like, hey, do you want to hang out and make a video? <laughs> yeah. But we didn't write any new songs. Well, just do it for an old one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there was a band from that we used to play with in... I don't know, 2005, 2004, uh, from Ashland, PA, which is right near Pottsville. And mm-hmm. I only ever knew the kid as Ashland Tyler, but uh, he's in a band now called hmm. Condition Oakland. And he was in a band that was like, I think they were called Already Gone, and all of their lyrics were very, very jawbreaker. Like, really? Uh, clearly, he's a jawbreaker. Jawbreaker fan. So fan yeah. If you're listening, Ashland, what's huh? up, dude? Do you guys uh, mess with any of Blake's other bands? I loved uh, Jess Jess Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse Brazil is pretty dope. I think I, I listened to. I think I found Jawbreaker through Jets. I think I okay. heard Jets first because I was like really into Jade Tree records at the time. Totally, and uh, like kind of just 
backtraced it. Yeah. I mean, his <laughs> voice jawbreaker. His voice is so unmistakable that even in Jets to Brazil, you know it's him. But yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't know there was members of Handsome and Texas is the reason in Jets. Oh, oh I had no I idea. I don't know about like, Texas as the reason. That's cool. There's one other two that I read the other day that kind of threw me off, but I can't remember what it is now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, bit of a super group. Yeah, uh, a little bit. He did a band called Forgetters okay. that was pretty good too, only within the last, I want to say like five years or so, maybe a little bit longer, maybe more like seven. I definitely recognize the name. They had an LP and they had a seven inch and that might be it. But before that, this band and he was doing this band called Thorns of Life, which he, which is when he kind of like resurfaced and everyone was like, "Oh, Blake's doing music again." Yeah. Um, but they never released anything. But they they always had like, they had like bootlegs of like near twenty songs or something. Okay. That were pretty good. Damn. And I had them on like an old computer of mine, but then like, uh, I think for when Forgetters came out, I don't think they repeated any of the songs, and maybe one or two. But other than that, but yeah. they're both you know like pretty much what you would expect. A lot, probably a little bit more like Jets than Jawbreaker, though. True. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, I gotta check those bands out because Forgetter sounds really familiar. Forgetters is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have some notes here in Ake. He says "our" as in "how ha," and anyone <laughs> comes out as "Henny Juan Hels." Um, I'm what? See, I'm gonna see if I can try and find those. Listen to how he says these words. Oh yeah, when he says "Henny Juan Hels." See how ha. I'm gonna try to figure out how. I almost said it myself. How old he is or was when this record came out. Probably pretty young. Came out in 94, right? He was 23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait, no. He was 27. Yeah, I was going to say, because I feel like he would have been so young when those other albums came out. Yeah, he was 27 when this one came out. They started in like 86 or 87, I think, right? They're pretty early. And he was 20 then. True. Math. Math. Not doing it. Come here for the math. Come here for the math. You stay for the math. Nerds. <laughs> there are points in this album where they kind of sound like Alkaline Trio a little bit too, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, or they sound Alkaline Trio like them. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't I know stink. until doing research for this that this was produced by Steve Albini. Yeah, it's a pretty big awesome. deal. Yeah. But it was credited to Steve Albini's cat named Fluss. Fluss? <laughs> Spell it? F-L-U-S-S. Love oh. it. Like floss with a U. Got it. Or like fliss with a U. Or like flass with a U. Oh. Stuff up. Like fless with a U. Yeah. Like flesh with a with S. a U and another S. Like fliss with, <laughs> like fliss with a Y like with fl- a U. Like flossy dicky if you take out the E dicky and put in like a U. Yeah. Are we saying words anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> um... My the, theory holds true on this album where where there are like t- 11 or 12 songs, there's always the third to last song is the downer, and it picks back up for the last two. What's the third to last song? Ooh. West Bay Invitational. Yeah, that one is a downer. It's a little bit of like a, not a throwaway track, but it's just It's not, like a slow jam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's a funny Ben Weasel connection here I saw on Wikipedia. Okay. Um, this is more related to like Dear You than this record, but... Uh, in an interview uh, with Ben Weasel for some something called Panic Button Zine, following the Nirvana tour, um, Blake had stated that Jawbreaker was not interested in signing a major record label. In response to the signing, Ben Weasel took the band to task in a column for Maximum Rock and Roll, accompanied by a photo depicting him eating his own hat, which he had promised to do if the band ever signed to a major label. Nice. 
but Ooh, shut hey, up, Ben Weasel. What kind of hat? <laughs> oh, good question. Uh, oh, no, I accidentally just opened Spotify on my computer. Um, so, it's going to take 10 minutes to open, probably. I'm going to put Ben Weasel Eats hat. And while you do that, I'm going to play In Sadding Around, because he doesn't even give a shit about singing on key anymore. It's great. That song's great. That's a really good song. That's one of my favorite records. He or one of my favorite songs on there. Yeah, I can't find the picture of him eating his hat. <laughs> well, I hope it was a nice uh, soft cotton. <laughs> That's probably like a, a trill beat. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Whoa. Are we talking wool, felt? What are we doing? That'd be hard. <laughs> We're talking wool. 100% That's wool. That's going to sit heavy in your stomach. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he reminds me of the kind of guy that would just be like a total slacker type and just like sit around a guitar shop all day or something. Who? That sounds awesome. Blake, Blake? Schwarzenbach? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just like jamming on random uh, combo amps. Yeah, for sure. Or like <laughs> reading a book all day. Yeah. Um, I ran out of notes. Damn. This band's pretty... great. This record's great. Agreed. Yeah. I have more to say about things I don't like. Okay. Like what? Uh, like Boys Night Out and that <laughs> crap album from last time. Hmm. Still on your mind, huh? Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show, Matt Two Bailey. Two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't like it. That's fair. <laughs> oh, another song I really like is Outpatient. That's okay. another good one, too. Play that. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, there we go. This one starts off a little slow, but it picks up a little bit. Pretty cool. Um, Pitchfork gave this record a 9.1 out of 10. Whoa. Kind of surprising for them. Was that because uh, Kurt? I think it was. <laughs> no, I think this was uh, post the re-release from like a couple years ago. When was the re-release? I actually uh, don't know. Not that long ago. Hmm. Um, 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah, because it was 20 years. That makes yeah, sense. It does make sense. But uh, so you're saying the Pitchfork review was written by Kurt Cobain in 2014? Yes. Cool. I would give it probably like only because it's not my favorite Ooh. Jawbreaker record. More like an eight, I guess. Out of ten. Yeah. Even I, though there's really nothing wrong with it, other than I'm less familiar with some of the songs. True. Yeah, I'd give it like a seven or an eight. I think. Right yeah, there. I'd do like a seven. I I do enjoy it. Cool. There's a couple cool alternate versions on the reissue from of like Boat Dreams, Boxcar, Do You Still Hate Me, Jinx Removing, and then it has a couple outtake tracks, First Step and Friends Back East. Oh, cool. Which probably made their way to the Etc. album. You want to play any of those? Um, play the... Uh, Friends Back East? Sure, yeah. I don't really remember that one, but I'm interested now. I like this drum beat. Yeah. It's very like a... Presidents of the United States or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not my president. Dude, they love doing that. They love just switching up the tempo and like like the the feel, like into like a swing of the song or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. This is cool. I like this though. I like the punk version of the key change. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, super bad. Impression. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. I'm into that. Yeah, I kind of would have rather hear that on the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys come up with any sorry, weird? I'm, al- s- I'm still looking at the track. Oh yeah, weird, weird Al. Any weird Al titles? Uh, this on. one was a hard one, but the one I got was a song about someone's friend who hates soft cheeses. Mm-hmm. Do you still hate brie? <laughs> okay. 
That's it. It's what pretty. It's not great. I <laughs> say hate breed somehow. <laughs> Do you still hate breed? <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar one. Same song title. It's about a kid who was grounded but wanted to go to the Weird Al show. So he said, "Will you still take me?" Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, self-referential. <laughs> yeah. And then instead of the West Bay Invitational, West. So, sorry, oh. my phone just started playing. Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, instead of the the West Bay Invitational, the May West Invitational would be like a wrestling tournament. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'll, we'll go with the other one. Wait, Wait, who's Mae West? Wasn't she a wrestler? You mean Mae Young? Yeah. And they <laughs> actually do have a Mae Young tournament now. It's Damn. called the Mae Young Classic. Mae West is an American actress, singer, playwright. That works too. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it wouldn't, wouldn't be about wrestling anymore. No. <laughs> it's a uh, for screenwriters. Of course. <laughs> the Screenwriters Guild. <laughs> hmm. so I'm going to go with Foxcar. It's just going to be a uh, cute little fox driving around his car <laughs> out in the woods. That one sounds like you just thought of it on the spot, huh? No. I just like to have animal themes. Nice. Uh, let's play Do You Still Hate Me for the for the transition. We're, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in, I don't know, 20 seconds. back and in case you're living under a rock jawbreakers playing in philly the march 27th 2019 at the i'm not going to call it what it's called now it's at the electric factory damn it yeah it's, um, it's always the electric factory to me yeah even if you're not living under rock you can still come to the show it's probably sold out by now but good, good point. you know go on StubHub or buy buy a fake ticket from somebody on facebook or something just break in yeah do what you gotta Can't do be that hard yeah Security there is very lax. They this don't, podcast they don't make you condones committing crimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, beyond all, beyond all else. Uh, Tyler, what have you watched lately? Um, Sorry, I know you're about to take a sip of your soda. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, I started doing uh, Futurama again on Hulu, <clears throat> and uh, there's actually two really good sci-fi comedies out right now. The Orville is awesome. Say what you want about Seth MacFarlane and the fact that he won't let Family Guy die. Okay. But the Orville is so good. Where can you see this? It's this um, it's on Fox, so you can see it on Hulu. Okay. Or if you have cable, just watch it on Fox. I think I've heard of it. It's great. It's um, they approach it like very like Star Trekky, but they they write it as a sci-fi show and then write di- like comedy into the dialogue. Okay. Instead of trying to make it like a comedy show that has sci-fi, so it's like really good if you're into like sci-fi Goofy stuff. Goofy sci-fi. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And then um, Amazon has its own. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> show called Future Man, uh, dude. I keep seeing commercials for it. It's and so I, good, and I've been wanting to check it out. It's it has, so fucking over the top. What's his name from Hunger Games? Yeah, um, Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so over the top, but it's self-aware about like how crazy it is. It's so good. I didn't know that it was like a comedy until I saw a yeah. commercial for it because I saw the artwork on there and I was like, oh, this is just like and a it's weird so it's, it's so insane. But I would recommend it because it's it's really fun okay, and it, cool. it like watches quick. Yeah, 
So season two just came out, so I've been watching that. Future Man. Sounds like it needs a new name. Well, his name is his last name is Futterman, and then it gets confused as Future Man. I take it back. Makes sense. I need to. I'll check myself next time before I make these kind of comments. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Yeah, because you just sound like an idiot. I <laughs> usually do. Uh, finally watched Tombstone. It was awesome. I did Francis Ha with Jordan and Kate of Film Friends because yeah. they were watching it. They didn't really like it. I love that movie. It's incredible. It's good. Go check out that episode. I thought I had seen Kicking and Screaming, the version by Noah Baumbach. Okay. It's like a 90s movie about kids who like stick around college after they've graduated. It's like a slackery 500 Days of Summery kind of movie or something like that. But it's okay. like a it's got another graduation breakup scene, which is very popular on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> um what else? Oh, I, I'm 30 now, so I watched Not the Logan's one with Run. Will Ferrell where he's a soccer coach. No, not the one with Byung Sung. Okay. Um watch Logan's Run on my 30th birthday. That movie's great. It's yeah. the second movie that I saw in as many months with Jenny Agutter swimming naked obscured by water. In a perfect world, you'd be dead by now. That's true. <laughs> uh rewatched all the Naked Gun movies. Uh rewatched Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. Yeah, that movie is that good? Great. It starts with a baby drum solo. It's so funny. The whole thing is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And then last but not least, I watched uh it's a documentary about the Lancaster like Christian metal scene called Barn Burner about like Lancaster uh about like August Burns Red and those bands. Wow. It's That's really very cool. specific. It's very specific. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really good. Okay. I, it was like, I mean it was like a pretty low budget, like I, I don't know, but from what what years does it cover? So it kind of covers their first album, like Thrill Seeker and stuff, in two thousand. So is it pretty much just about them? Or I, they're other like bands the crux. Too. I mean, they like started that whole scene. Is this much or the like, apocalypse from around there? Yeah. So it's like this or the apocalypse. Texas in July and August burns red are like kind of the main. Wow, three. Okay. I remember Texas in July. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of just runs through like why that scene exists in that specific corner of the world, and it's actually kind of cool. Interesting. That's neat. And it was, you probably like kind of grew up with some of those bands, so it was yeah, like I was at like a, a lot of those pass. shows because it was close yeah. enough for like us to all go to. And we played a lot of, in high school, yeah. Yeah, and our friends' band would would play with those bands a lot, so it was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how about you? What have you been watching? Um, I was like I said before, I was watching a ton of stuff in December, but I watched. Uh, UHF. I rewatched UHF because it's on Prime now. Emo Phillips. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> hey, uh, that movie's great. The honestly. movie is great. It's so um, like off the wall. And it, shout out to our boy Weird Al. Uh, <laughs> Always. <laughs> and I watched this movie called Let the Corpses Tan, which is like a kind of spaghetti western, but like hyper violent. Uh, Yep, there he is, Ian <laughs> Phillips. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll post this to the Twitter. Um, but somebody described it as if Quentin Tarantino directed The Holy Mountain. So oh, yeah. that's what really drew me in to watch it. I don't know if that's true, but it's okay. still really good. Well, very little dialogue, just a ton of violence. Hell yeah. Just shoot. The whole movie is like an hour and 20 minute long shootout. <laughs> All right. Um, and then I watched a movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix in it called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Did you guys see oh, that? I've heard, I've heard of it. It's on my watch list. It came out like early last year. It was yeah. actually pretty good. It's about, it's a, I think it's a true story. I forget the guy's name. He's, he's like a cartoonist. He's like, um, he like abuses alcohol and he, hell yeah. Uh, like early on in his life, uh, or in like his adult life gets in like a really bad car accident and he ends up paralyzed. And the movie is mostly okay. about him adjusting to being in a wheelchair, um, and finding this cartoonist sort of, uh, a hobby that turns into a profession for him. Nice. Um, Jonah Hill too. Jonah Hill's in it. He yeah. play, he's like the leader of like a 12 step program that he enters into. But the m- performance of the whole movie is Jack Black as crazy as that sounds. No. Mm-hmm. He plays 
the guy who's driving when they get in the accident. That's not really a spoiler because it's super in the, early in the movie. <laughs> but then later they reconnect and his performance in that moment is like the performance of Jack Black's career. It's like five minutes. It's like he's on screen for maybe 10 minutes total and it's like probably his best performance ever. It's That's, really great. Wow. Have Crazy you seen Orange County? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true. Twice. I saw it twice in the theater. Yo, I did saw it one week. The next week saw Kung Pao. The next week saw Orange County. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's one of like three movies I saw more than one time in theaters. Yep, <laughs> that's insane. But speaking of not getting far on foot, Seeking Justice is the movie that we uh, covered this week. I can never get this title right. I Ooh. keep saying like Getting Revenge. <laughs> like, just Call it what you want. Right. No one cares. No one saw it. <laughs> that's also true. I'm just gonna jump right into it. It's got a 26 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. That's a little harsh, maybe. <laughs> I thought you were going to say high. So <laughs> high. For me, this, this movie is like white chocolate. Like, I'm not sure if I like it. Yeah. I can't yeah. decide. Yeah. It was also, it was between. Like, this, I'll eat it, but. Yeah. Do I like doing it? Is it my it? preferred? No. Yeah. What was the other movie we were considering? Um, Another John Tucker movie. Must Die. Oh, right. Yeah. But you got to give the people what they want. You got to give Joey Breeding what he wants. More Cage. More Cage. Well, More really, cage. I feel like we are maybe the most pro-Cage podcast out there. Yeah, we challenge anyone. Sure. We're all pretty big cage heads. It's a hard metric to measure. Yeah. <laughs> I actually bet someone has a Nick Cage podcast. Has to exist. Uh, yeah. The, and I like. And we're still am, more cage. Am Instagram friends with a guy who had a podcast uh, called like Get in the Cage or something where it was like about all Nick Cage movies. That's it, cool. So, is he a human? Is who a human? Nick Cage. Dude, I don't know. But actually, you know what? <laughs> Wait. On, an, on the early, What was the. The first episode you were on was the Rock Mineral yeah. episode, and you said he deserves an Academy Award. And I'll Uh-oh. tell you what, my friend, that was an adaptation. He has an Academy Award for what? An adaptation, and it is for. Let me pull it up. He won Best Actor. Well, he was nominated for Best Actor for Adaptation, but he won Best Actor for Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, okay. He yep. won in, for in, Leaving Las Vegas in 1996. Yep. Damn. Go how, how many nominations does he have? Six hundred. Looks like just the two. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, go, go, Cage, go. <laughs> Let's get this man more more nominations and more awards and more dinosaur fossils. True. Yes. That's what that's what actors really need is more dinosaur fossils. Cage this does. This movie takes place in New Orleans, a place very close to Nicolas Cage's heart. Mm-hmm. He like has a grave there. yeah what was weird is like in the movie i didn't like nothing about it looks like new orleans like there's a lot of like places in new orleans that look very new orleans yeah and they like i didn't know it was new orleans until they said it and it's filmed in new orleans though probably i didn't yeah it it was was. i didn't know it until the end when they're at the stadium and they said this place hasn't been touched since the hurricane yeah the superdome or something yeah like why don't you show us some of the french quarter or something that way it's like oh yeah now i know where they are exactly if you're gonna use the city make sure like people know he was also in bad lieutenant the, uh, which was in New Orleans too. Okay. Lieutenant, I think it was like Port Call of New Orleans is the full time. Something weird. They even but, tried uh, to give him a French ass name, Will Gerard. <laughs> nice try, Will Gerard. Um, I thought I'd never heard of this movie. It turns out I'll find a way to post these two. But like, I had once tweeted a rant of just this. I made up some weird scenario where Nick Cage was following me as my Uber driver and stuff. Um, and they were all just photos from this movie, all stills. So yep. watch out for those. They're very fun and very exciting. Look for the goatee. Mm-hmm. I told you guys the other day, I thought this movie was a different Nick Cage movie called Stolen, which where he's a thief that 
searches for his missing daughter who gets kidnapped and locked the, in the trunk of a taxi. Which is the, the plot of Taken. Yeah, that's the Liam Which Neeson Which is basically movie. the plot of Taken, yep. I was waiting for this movie to just turn into like fighting back or like Death Wish or something. Yeah. And it kind of does. Yeah, I was waiting <laughs> yeah. for Ving Rhames the whole time. <laughs> that That's me. With in my movie. head, this takes place in the same universe as Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, I believe that. Oh, first opening quote. Had it queued up in the in the track. All right, hang on. <laughs> we'll start from the top again. Here we go. Are you wasting my time, Bordeaux? Are you wasting my time? If I got out talking to you, don't you'll kill me. Tell me how it works. That was the promise. Whoa, whoa, you're doing the right thing. The brave thing. Please. What does the hungry rabbit jumps mean? In case you're wondering why that just started playing, I forgot to announce the opening track of the movie. Uh, <laughs> this movie was also almost called The Hungry Rabbit Jumps. That was its original title. Would have been, been insane. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I don't know. After that, then it cuts to an opening scene uh, that we saw in Baby Driver, where they just push a car off of a, another car, pushes a car off of the uh, parking garage. Yeah, true. Is yeah. Baby Driver that a- ripped that off from this movie? So I, I wrote down like, oh, I, I went through like a weird sequence in my head where I'm like, he's just doing that in public. No one's gonna do anything. And then I was like, well, if this happened in real life, there's no way someone's gonna step in and try to stop that guy. That's yeah. a good point. He's yeah. crazy. <laughs> there was some really like heavy-handed foreshadowing where uh, he's playing chess with Michael from Lost, and he says, "Ready to suffer." bring it on and they shake hands and then he goes check and mate and it cuts to his wife getting like yeah brutally assaulted yeah exactly uh or like when the bad guy that's gonna assault her like steps out of his car it's like oh snakeskin boots that's a bad guy <laughs> why is that such a thing in movies <laughs> doesn't show shows his whole body but not his head that's the bad guy <laughs> yeah the thing i had a real problem with is when uh he goes into the doctor's office the doctor's smiling as she shows him to his comatose she was wife such she's a bad like, actress she's like wrote so that happy and smile it was like creepy what who the doctor the doctor oh yeah. i didn't really pick up on that oh hey your wife's in here come right in <laughs> worst bedside manner but yeah give really really giving snakeskin a bad name uh <laughs> this right. film earned a razzie nomination for nick cage as worst actor but yep. i don't think he's all that bad in this movie i don't think he's like he wasn't bad. given much to work with he's doing is his best. the issue i think yeah he was nominated for in 2012 for razzie for this movie and for ghost rider 2 <laughs> Two nominations, still lost. Uh, yeah, lost, but uh, the won. The winner was Adam Sandler and That's My Boy. Other nominees were Eddie Murphy from A Thousand Words, Robert Pattinson from Twilight Breaking Dawn 2, and I Tyler, saw that. Tyler Perry for both Alex Cross and Good Deeds. Nice. So I actually back Roger Eber on this. He said, uh, faithful readers are baffled by my loyal praise for Nick Cage, but he may be the only actor in the world who could rise to this occasion and then keep right on rising beyond it. I agree. Which doesn't make much sense, but Whoa. he's basically saying Keep like... Keep right on rising. Yeah. Yeah, basically saying like in this movie, Cage is the only thing kind of holding it together. And Yeah. yeah. I honestly, like January Jones wasn't particularly bad, but I don't think they gave her much to She's do. They didn't really give her a whole lot to work with. Damsel in distress kind of thing. Do you guys yeah. think uh, Nick Cage and January Jones are a believable couple? No, I literally wrote down there's no <laughs> way that would ever happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said January Jones would never marry Nick Cage. <laughs> People in this movie hate phones. In the beginning, I said, yo, it's I also like wrote everywhere that down. they go is like no phones, no phones, no phones in school, no phones getting into school, no phones in the classroom, which is like obvious, yeah, yeah, but, but no chess. phones at the chess plays. Like just everywhere you go, it's like no phones, no phones, no phones. Like I might have missed the, the. So you can kind of like, like when you see 
like I read about the plot before I watched it, and right. I was like, oh well, she's not going to be able to get a hold of him right. when the <laughs> when <laughs> stuff has gone down. Um, it's just like a lazy way to get rid of that. Like, oh well, they have cell phones, so everything's easier. Yeah, and then it's not until later on that you probably you realize that. I didn't even know that Michael from Lost was going to be in the organization. I, I didn't thought see that, that January Jones was going to be in it somehow. Like I was waiting I kinda for like, did that too. twist. I'm glad they didn't do that. The I'm shootout gl- the, at the end, I started to think that she was going to be in yeah. it. Well, let's get but, there. Let's like, work through the movie a little sure. bit more. But I kind of yeah. like that in the end, it wasn't just like a uh, or like a, a husband and wife being torn apart because he kind of goes a little yeah. mad after her recovery and all that stuff. And yeah. I was waiting for her to leave him or something then drive me even crazy. It was just a kind of more of a straightforward like, oh no, they're still a good couple. They're still doing well. They have to fight through this t- organization kind of thing. But, In the uh, beginning, I couldn't tell that Guy Pierce was a bad guy. Yeah. when he first like offers to help him, I was like, oh, okay. Would this you, did not go where I thought it was going to sure. go. For sure. Would you kiss Guy Pierce? No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. I don't, I don't know him well enough. He's like classically handsome. Yeah. I don't know where he's chiseled. Been. Yeah, he's got a nice jawline. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I wrote, "What is Cage's deal? Does he have superpowers? Because he keeps having like all these flashes I can, to stuff early in the movie, but then it doesn't happen." It's anymore. just flashbacks to like the night before where they were kissing and wearing a necklace. Like there were they he's were like, his flashbacks. He's just like remembering everything, and he's like, "Well, if this was happening here, then this was happening." That's just called here. memories, Joey. Oh, <laughs> but I can tell you definitively what are those? why he's not <laughs> a ba- or why he's not uh, supernatural in this movie because he's so everything he does. The director, or like cinematographer, or whatever, did a tar- terrible job. He should have had a double. Everything was him like clunky, being clunky and like running slow and looking he old. Did, he did have a double a lot of the time. Uh, bun- uh, like for a bunch of the stunts. Did you really? guys not notice his double? No. He should like, have had a better double because that guy still looked like he was 75 years old and like <laughs> running away from a car. Looked <laughs> the so scene clunky. where he's uh, running through traffic is certainly a double. I'm sure. I mean, I'm um, sure it is, but like. Especially when the truck whips around and almost catches him. Mm-hmm. And then when him and Guy Pierce are falling down the escalator. They both have doubles, yeah. obviously. Uh, but yeah. the Nick Cage one, you see his face a couple times. But even like throughout all that, he's so dumb and clunky. And like, how is Nick Cage the one getting the best of this giant organization? That's like they, true. They feel like they know so much, and they yeah. knew exactly when things were happening and orchestrating these things, and they still got beat by some fucking oaf, Will Gerard from New Orleans. Well, and I, th- <laughs> and I think he kind of plays into that oaf role because one of my favorite scenes is when he gets Guy Pierce to go to the monster truck rally. And then uh, say, say that sentence again, when please. He, when Nicholas Cage can, <laughs> tricks Guy Pierce into going to a monster, awesome rally. location by the That's way. That's the whole plot of this movie. Um, and then uh, <laughs> he's like on the phone with him. He one he calls him like six times. Every okay. time he gives him a new instruction, he like waits for him to do that, and then he calls him. And he's like, take a leak. Calls him back. Go to the hot dog stand. Buy yourself a hot dog. I'm hungry right now. Calls him back. Like. <laughs> He's just doing stuff to like buy time slash exactly. mess with him, but he doesn't. But like he doesn't actually know what he's doing. I think he's the bad guy in this movie for sure. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Okay. I think I think he treats his wife very poorly. He's mean to that security guard for no reason when he's buying the candy bar. He like snubs that security guard. He thinks that guy's wait, in on it. Wait, what guy bu- with the candy bar? Is this post? Oh, he learning about the organism. The guy when he buys the gum. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like, is that the back door? Okay, great. Yeah. That guy? I don't know. There's like a security guard. No, when he has to buy two candy bars from the machine to say like, I'm in. Oh, yeah. The security guard watches him and the guy just like makes a comment. Well, he's in like shock at that point too. I don't know. I still think so. Yeah, I feel you. I don't think he deserves his wife. I think she makes a lot of poor decisions in the movie to her detriment, (laughs) but I don't think he deserves her. Wow. Um, Wow. Also, what are we waiting to like sign a contract, buy two candy bars, and that's how you know it's real? 
Oh, it sure. was a. It was like a. I thought it was a granola bar because the the guard makes a comment like, "Oh, you're eating healthy or something." Oh uh, like yeah, that, right. Yeah, it it's called a forever bar. True. Yeah, yeah I don't know what but that it looked is. like a choco taco style wrapper or something. It was confusing. Ooh. Tyler, am I am I right <laughs> in guessing tacos. that? Am I right in guessing that you'd love this movie? You loved this movie. <laughs> I had said before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's I hard know. to say. Uh, I don't know it quite well enough yet. I do like that Michael from Lost did the right thing at the end, but then, you know, of course, you know. And then he gets got, like, immediately after. He's got to die for doing the right thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a guy who, no matter what he pops in, up in, I'll always know him as Michael from Lost. Yeah. He's so my specific boy. in that, just saying, my boy, my son, Walt! Walt! <laughs> <laughs> um, How do you guys feel about the, the weird dialogue about uh, the capitalization of words? That whole scene was bullshit. The guy... The guy passed away yeah how does she not know that that's somebody that doesn't work she was there? looking right at him yeah and then it took her like five minutes to realize that it wasn't Lady, the you guy work that there you know he doesn't work there what are you doing <laughs> so many people <laughs> noticed him from the front page of the newspaper like three or four different people realized oh that's the guy from the front page of the mail of the newspaper like the guy at the uh the storage unit yeah, yeah. exactly but um that's <laughs> who he flashes the 20 dollar bill too and the guy's like yeah i'll help you and then he flashes uh, yeah. 80 more dollars <laughs> keeps going i think that i will give you 20 more. yeah, yeah he already helped like, you stop paying him yeah. He's like, dude, I was fine with twenty, but yeah. let's roll. Yeah, I'll yeah. take more. Um, but no, back to the scene where he's in like the newspaper office, Alan Marsh's stuff. That guy died like two or three days ago, mm-hmm. and they yep. didn't they didn't pack up his boxes or anything. No? He's just still just shit everywhere with like notes that Nick Cage. Nick what are you talking about in the storage unit or uh, like at, at, his, at his office? At his office, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, oh, also, the Irish wake just felt like something straight out of the the wire. There were scenes in the, oh, wire the bar just like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, for Marsh. I liked that scene. It was, it was nice. shot a little weird, but it was it was cool. Yeah, one would one could say the plot was thickening at that point. The plot was certainly thickening. Oh, and then even back even then, you're like the lady working the bar is in on the organization. That's the, and I blah, mean, that blah, was blah. anyone could be. It did seem like a nice espionage kind of thing where it could have been. You, you don't know how deep it runs. Yeah. So I think this was a hundred percent like they wanted Fresh it to be like tomatoes. They wanted to be like um, <laughs> Fight Club. Like oh everyone's in on it yeah the cops right. yeah oh that's what you meant when you said that it was like Fight Club I was like I don't yeah <laughs> it's like Fight Club meets the movie Wanted yeah because uh, like Simon goes rogue because like, this organization is supposed to only kill like bad people like pedophiles and murderers and stuff mm-hmm. but this Simon guy goes rogue and starts hitting his own targets just like Wanted I'm not gonna spoil the movie but what happens is exactly Morgan Freeman is leader of this organization and starts killing his own targets with these assassins that he's not supposed to do. That's the whole twist at the end. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil this movie, but this is the entire twist at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard that movie was also going to be called The Quick Brown Fox Jumps Over the Lazy Dog, so... Huh. What did what? Why? <laughs> the hungry hungry rabbit jumps? Yeah, I know, but like why would they call that movie that? Did they say it in that? No, I don't know. I can't it's remember just, anything about Wanted. I I've never seen it. It's neat. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, Just some good McAvoy in there. There's a point where, uh, back to the part where he's like, buy yourself a hot dog. And then they start talking and then Guy Pierce reveals that they've got January Jones uh, held a hostage. Nick Cage is like so calm about it. He's like, all right, well, let's go. Let's, I'll, I'll do this when you give me my wife back. Cool. He's We're still, fine then, right? <laughs> still playing is cool. We're chill. Cool. He um, puts his glasses on when he's like checking the footage out on the phone too doesn't wear glasses at any other point in the movie oh good not idea. even when he's teaching it's just readers True. yeah he wears I that guess. where's that cool like mask cool like mardi gras mask <laughs> i think i sent you a picture in the of that craziest the other day. thing of all time yeah that's one of the weirdest <laughs> shots of all time yes <laughs> the whole premise of this movie is pretty bananas but i kind of i was kind of into it 
I did write. It was entertaining, honestly. It was definitely very entertaining. Uh, there's a part where, uh, oh, near the end when they're in, are they in the Superdome or are they in like a mall? They find their way to a mall somehow, yeah. Yeah, like an abandoned mall from the hurricane. Yep. But yeah. they're, he, Guy Pierce is about to leave them to get killed by his like cronies or whatever. And then uh, Will, Nick Cage, goes like, you're insane. And that sets Guy Pierce off. It's like call Marty McFly chicken or something. And he like goes <laughs> on this wild rant about like people being lazy and drinking and all and like having sex. I was like, is he like militant straight edge in this? He totally like, yeah. <laughs> He gives like this wild militant straight edge. So he keeps that sick body so tight. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Dude, that whole scene was pretty wild because uh this fucking guy comes into nowhere and says the coolest line I've ever heard. Simple case of a dead man killing a dead man. I stood up and like fist pumped. I was Yo, like, that was sick. That character, Lieutenant Durgan, was awesome. I like yeah, him. Cool. He's like, yeah. he's in the organization, but he's like, I guess he's higher up than yeah. Simon. Yeah. He must be like the, the guy. He's who, higher up, but he's like. But he's also doing it for like, he's still sh- like straight on the line of like what they're supposed to be doing. He's like the purest of it, I guess. Yeah. He's like, and he's like. He's like, yeah, you can leave if you want to. Yeah, so he just like, I'm not gonna make you stay. Like, I definitely thought that he was gonna try and kill them or something. But he's like, yeah, no, you can go. I don't yeah. care. Whatever. Yeah, but then <laughs> he's but like, you, you guys, have all our secrets. I don't. Whatever. You guys want to join? Nah. Okay. Cool. See ya. But then, <laughs> but then the dead man killing a dead man theory is insane because Nick Cage is bleeding everywhere. Unless they're not gonna DNA test this abandoned mall. That's a good point. I didn't they think would of that. all be caught. I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know the detective. He could just say like, "Oh, this is the evidence." Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the director thought of that. Whole honestly, I think of a lot. While we're talking about the director, this director did Cocktail, yep. Species, No Way Out, and Dante's Peak. Yep. I wrote all that, too. <laughs> Species is so good. Cocktail was surprisingly great. Dante's Peak was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Dante's Peak, but I know it's like regarded as good. Yeah. Damn. So, did we love this movie? <laughs> I don't I think know. We, I think we... Stop asking we me. We at least liked it. Uh, this one... To call back on a short-lived segment of ours about plot keywords. Oh, I, I've got hundreds of them right do you? Here. Yeah. i've got i'm just like looking at the list right now okay and there's a couple of good ones that can i read can yeah I read go a couple? for it i read a lot of these like way too early in the movie and was like so excited to see how they play out <laughs> but um we've got shot in the back shot in the arm shot in the leg shot in the forehead shot in the head shot to death shot in the chest punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> boat bus zoo reference to santa claus bare chested male monster truck sex in bed kissing while having sex <laughs> kissing while having sex is a funny one <laughs> husband wife relationship <laughs> Punched in the chest. Police vigilanteism. Character appears on the front page of a newspaper. Mysterious stranger. Uh, what else we got? Whistleblower. <laughs> uh, psychological torture. Interracial friendship. Mor- <laughs> moral dilemma. Hot dog stand. Yes. <laughs> Let's call it there. That's too good. Wow. Um, in a segment we don't do often, but find the Philly. Uh, there's a scene oh. when he's like, "I'm gonna fly to Philly and find your two sister and her kids." Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, it's a big th- city. He's like, he'd have to look for a while. Uh, dude, they know everything. This organization, the organization needed a name. I don't think it ever had one. Chungus. It? Chungus. Yeah. <laughs> Chungus. How'd you guys yeah. feel about the end when he like goes to turn in the dude's like footage? And then the guy's like, "Yeah, yo, total Fight Club move." The Hungry Rabbit John. I'm in it too. I'm in this organization too. And he's like slowly cool. going up the escalator, like, "Ha, they're they're boys." They give each other like <laughs> yeah. a fist bump. <laughs> yeah, but Nick Cage is like distraught. He's like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" Yeah. You think they were gonna maybe make a sequel? <laughs> oh, I would be bummed if they were. Uh-uh, <laughs> I would. I would be, be kind of bummed if they were. 
Would it, you guys give this movie wine or cheese? What do you mean? I don't know. Ew, I don't know. Interpret don't. it as you would like. What kind of cheese would it be? What kind of wine would it be? What kind of wine would it be? Yeah. Boone's Farm. <laughs> True. <laughs> Maybe like American cheese, craft singles. <laughs> yeah. Barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Look up the. Uh, That's like oh. it's, it'd be like, a, yeah, I don't know. Like a Boone's Farm. I'll drink it. It's fine. But I'm getting like. It's not great. I'm getting like mixed budget reportings from this so imdb says that the budget for this movie was 17 million dollars that's what i saw but okay. that the gross was forty-one thousand. i think mm. if you go to wikipedia the- says the budget was 30 million million dollars and the box office was twelve thousand. wikipedia is probably more right because anybody can edit it so that helps <laughs> yes good point <laughs> so that's confusing how did it do in in theaters and things like that opening weekend Okay, yeah, the numbers on IMDb are certainly off because how can the opening weekend be more than what was totally grossed by 200,000? They had to market this really bad because like the stars alone would be enough to get people to the box office. Yeah. I like oh, think Joey's I, screen is just like the Matrix right now. He's just running numbers. I, I can't Ooh. read. Apparently it grossed 2.4 million. Oh. Uh, but the budget was still 30 million. And yeah, it, opening weekend it was 259 249,000. That's not very That's good. Terrible. Open at number 27 on the box office. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, ever 27 movies at one time. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I found us in the movie. We were the three dipshit cops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which yeah. ones? The ones that were like trying to find him when he was like in the interrogation room where'd he go like that. yeah oh Just yeah like the dumb fumbling bumbling idiots <laughs> great yeah that's us yeah right i'll be i'll be a cool good cop yeah but you would you're lieutenant durgan well i've seen your i've seen your blue lives matter stickers though yeah yeah he said cool <laughs> yes he did um yeah i don't know I don't, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this movie if, if it was guys... weirdly entertaining yeah, yeah. it was fun yeah, I guess so. I didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst thing. I'm I'm glad to add it to my Nick Cage watched list. Yeah, on uh, Letterbox it tells you if you look at an actor, what percentage of their movies you've seen. I bet yours for Nick Cage is probably pretty up there. Yeah, but I don't. I haven't yeah, logged yeah. most of the ones I've seen. Get in there. Most we're in a pre-Letterbox world, and I don't retroactively log stuff. You got it. People, the people are dying to know. But I don't know when I watched it. Is the problem. Yeah, you could lie about that. <laughs> you could lie about it. Yeah, could. I saw opening day, every movie. <laughs> um, How would you guys rate it, 1 to 10? 1 being bad, 10 being good. I'll give it a 4.78. Yeah, I'll probably go with like a 4. 3 or 4. Yeah, 4 is reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Trainwreck more. <laughs> yeah. But this was still... Who do you like better? Still watch Nick Cage or Amy Schumer? Oh, um, <laughs> keeping us Nick in suspense. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I could see a joke formulating in your head. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I was. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do wine or cheese. Do you guys have any for this? I got none. No, I'm sorry. I, I haven't uh, been doing those just because, like, I leave it up to you, nerds. No. <laughs> Good. Well, I have two. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. This is uh, both of these. Well, not. They're both kind of hard to pull quotes from. Yeah. In a way that weren't obvious. Yeah. Um, they were very different in tone, <laughs> which yes. makes it really hard. Uh, no. No? Okay. Well, if you think they're similar, then you figure these out. Uh, my enemies are all too familiar. 
Jawbreaker. Is it Jawbreaker? Yeah, it's Jawbreaker. It's from Boxcar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the tears are warm, the body's numb. Get your coat, your ride is here. What's the movie? Seeking Justice. Outpatient by Jawbreaker. Oh, that was good. Yeah. The, way, the, the, way, the way you delivered it was like lyrics. And I was like, Mike's doing that thing where he's trying to say the movie quote like lyrics. You read, yep. He's made and, then he re- and then he reversed words. it. I was a part of Chungus, so I was, I was, I'm, I'm running pretty deep <laughs> with this organization. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Makes it sound less scary that way. <laughs> How sure do you does. spell Chungus? Yeah, C-H-U-N-G-U-S. I feel like everyone be, knows that. Should, should it be Chungus or would that make it sound like Chungus? <laughs> everyone knows that. Uh, is there anything online for Chungus? Is it real? I'm looking, looking right it now? up. Big Chungus, know your meme. Mm. Mm. Oh boy. Oh, Big Chungus is the fat bugs bunny. <laughs> that's like going around right now. Hell yeah. Is that why it's in your mind? Probably. Uh, I probably saw a meme somewhere along, yeah. along the, way, the way. Okay. <laughs> now I'm just looking at Big Chungus. Dude, the fake PlayStation 4 <coughs> game cover. featuring It says featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> 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 Great. Oh, cool. This is weird. I'm, you know, all right, I'm This movie up. predicted Chungus. <laughs> uh, I think Tyler true. falsified Chungus. <laughs> <laughs> all right, call something else. Chonk D. Okay, yeah, I like the CH. Chonk D. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, uh, fuck it. Let's do I just got a, I just got a text <laughs> from cool. some, someone in this house, and it said, Big Chungus. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's what feet like feet away from you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, all right, let's do taste notes. Hell yeah. Um, I just said a meal fit for a hungry rabbit. <laughs> oh, so like carrots. Uh, I said uh, oh, a, a meal fit for big chungus. Honestly, that's a hungry rabbit. Yeah. Wow. This, this works so well. Yeah. Wow. What is the phrase? The hungry rabbit jumps. Yeah. The big chungus jumps. Big like chungus is too fat to jump. <laughs> the uh, big chungus yeah. tries to jump. <laughs> that and then uh, an ashtray monument. I guess like cigarette butts. Yeah, cigarette butts. Um, Nick Cage references Sazerac in the beginning of the movie. Uh, okay. Ooh, and okay. he gets like what I presume to be a granola bar out of the out of the there thing. You go. So has this segment just turned us? turned into us looking for food and yes. find the food in the movie so i uh food. honestly I th- job i couldn't come up with anything for a jawbreaker other no. than a jawbreaker well, i was thinking Ooh. i would do like some like spinach dip some hummus maybe some beef tartare things you don't really need to heat up because revenge mm-hmm. best served cold wow oh very nice fuck that was good is there get out of here is there <laughs> you to leave how is there not is there a jawbreaker drink uh, like a mixed drink or something. Oh God, I feel like Jawbreakers don't have a flavor. The whole thing is you can't bite into them. <laughs> Ooh, jaw drink, Jawbreaker drink recipe. Ugh, it oh, it's gross. AKA a fireball cocktail. Uh, okay. Nope. Oh, but then someone else made one. It's an ounce of cinnamon schnapps and a half ounce Tabasco. It's hmm. just a shot. Gross. So we'll say one, one of those. <laughs> okay. And then the, the fireball one is, it won't load. Never mind. That's fine. Yeah. We we tried. Yeah, we tried. Uh, <laughs> we gave a, like a half haphazard, ha, haphazard. Yeah, half haphazard effort. Half haphazard. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. Consult Big Chungus, please. All complaints go to Big Chungus <laughs> at gmail dot com. <laughs> what do you think about Big Chungus Esquire? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. We're gone off the rails. Yeah, we, we can't do two episodes in a row anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, Jawbreaker, one of the best emo bands, I think. I like undisputably great. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage, undisputably the best actor of all time. <sighs> Michael from Lost, one of my favorite <laughs> actors as well. <laughs> you don't even know his name. That's right. <laughs> his name is... Robert Paulson. <laughs> his name is Robert Paulson. His name is... Michael from Lost. Harold Perrineau. Okay. Sure. Sure. Oh, is he French? I kind of like it better than when I don't know his name. <laughs> he was born in Brooklyn, so yeah, he's French. Damn. S- sounds good. Yeah, I don't, I'm going to keep calling Dude. him Michael from Lost. Speaking back to the Matrix, he's Link in the Matrix. Okay. <laughs> he's Link in Zelda. <laughs> It's not. Do you guys want to talk about Zelda? You were talking about a bunch. I'd of love to. No, I said everything I needed to say. Okay, <laughs> I'll, probably, I'll probably cut most of this chatter here at the end. <laughs> yeah, you don't really want to keep this. Anyway, thanks for listening. Check out cinepunks.com. Check out xlvacx.com. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Thank you for giving us some airtime. Thank you, Chris Reacher. And uh, thanks for doing those let's hang out things, man. They rock. They do rock. Did we talk about I don't think we've talked about we that. We didn't get to talk about that. Also, I went to emo night and we didn't get to talk about that. Oh. They, hmm. they played all the songs you would expect it to play. That's really all I got. <laughs> all the Good hits. recap. They closed with um, Black Parade and then uh, two dashboard songs in a row. I think it was like, I think it was Hands Down and then like a weird dance remix of like screaming infidelities and another song and then they closed closed with uh was it a remix of the that might have been black parade what they closed closed with i can't remember was it a remix of quiet things that no one ever knows by brand new with no. screaming Dude, infidelities? i didn't hear a single brand new song there because the legion of doom Which does those mashup things yeah. where it's like the quiet screaming and it's like a mech i will say that I they, forgot about they that. played devotion and desire by bayside and i was one of maybe four people that knew what that song was there Hell yeah I you still got up on stage like everyone listen up this is no bayside. but people were getting on stage at the barbary and just like singing along it was very odd that's secondhand embarrassment. cool cool it was, cool, cool it was pretty yeah <laughs> pretty cringy. a little cringy a little cringy um but yeah oh yeah let's hang out was awesome yeah a little cringy big chungus um big chungus was there just <laughs> wrestled uh <laughs> i don't know elmer fudd <laughs> yeah hopefully they do another one of those um and you get to go yes whoever you are check us out on social media wine cheese pod we love you goodbye